listening to Skylight, the Skylight Books podcast. Skylight Books is a general interest bookstore in the Los Feliz neighborhood in Los Angeles. You can shop with us from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. or visit us online 24-7 at skylightbooks.com. Follow along at Skylight Books Instagram and Twitter. You can subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Thank you for listening, and now on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Skylight Books Crowdcast channel. My name is Natalie, and I am a bookseller and podcaster at Skylight Books. We are so happy that you could join us. Oh, I just saw that someone is tuning in from Brazil. Got distracted for a second. (laughs) Thank you all so much for joining us from all over the place uh, for this evening's event featuring Unimpressed by Miranda Takia in conversation with Aminder Dhaliwal. We are so excited that you have joined us today. And without further ado, Miranda Takia is a designer, illustrator, and cartoonist working in Los Angeles in the animation industry. She has worked as a character designer and layout artist for several animation studios, including Disney, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, and Warner Brothers. Her work has been featured in galleries in Los Angeles, San Francisco, Portland, and New York, as well as publications such as Juxtapose and Printed Pages. And Aminder Dhaliwal is a native of Brampton, Brampton, Ontario, and received a Bachelor's of Animation from Sheridan College. She now lives in Los Angeles, where she has directed, storyboarded, and written for Disney TV Animation, Cartoon Network, and Nickelodeon. She was named one of the top 10 animators to watch in 2020 by Variety. Her first graphic novel, Woman World, was nominated for an Ignatz Award for Outstanding Online Comic, and her second graphic novel, Cyclopedia Exotica, is in stores now. Thank you both so much for being here. Thank you. Those are some lovely introductions. I I feel like (laughs) I just learned so much about Miranda because I don't always like, I guess, know my friends to that resume level. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much for allowing me to host this, Miranda. I would have done it with you regardless of an audience because I want to know so much more about your process. I'm so happy (laughs) you have a book and a collection of your work now. Um, I did want to add that me and Miranda have known each other for quite a few years uh, because of animation. We've worked on a couple of productions at the same time. And um, I've always known Miranda was a superstar. And I remember her at one point posting um, an amazing comic and I rushed out of my office to hers and asked her if I could buy it on the spot. And I have it right here framed still to this day because I knew that this day would come where I would get to interview you about your book. So I'm very excited to be here. Um, I'm excited that you're here also. <laughs> I'm not done this with anyone else, to be honest. <laughs> oh, good. I'm going to throw that in a lot of people's faces. So I do <laughs> want to start by kind of reading the blurb I got to write for your book, because um, it really encapsulates how I feel about your work. Um, So Miranda perfectly captures intimate moments of friendship, love, and being on your own. You can't open this book without finding a moment you recognize. And I truly feel like that. It is 
quite um, surprising to even me since I got the book, the physical book, which is beautiful of how true that is. Um, it's just so wonderful. And I think there's one of my favorite comics that I think we can kind of start as an icebreaker for, um, for what your work is like. When he's smiling at your book collection and that face is just perfect and how you should feel about tonight and as that this book ends up on everyone's um, bookshelves. So let's dive in. So I wanna start talking about um, the three relationships I kind of noticed in your book. You have friendship, uh, you have uh, sexual, both like romantic and casual sexual and a person's relationship with themselves. And you start chapter one with friendship and it's um, all of it is like incredibly relatable. So I wanted to talk about like how hard it was to capture the realism of friendship, um, but also still kind of force humor in there. And I just want to kind of throw in another comic to get people, you know, give people an idea. When you're just going to be five to 90 minutes late and it's just like beautiful, that is a moment all of us have either been part of or have been that main character. So please go ahead. Um, I guess uh, I, I wanted to start with like the friendship as the first chapter because um, I mean, for one thing, it's like one of the longest ones, I think. Um, and this is like a, a subject that I visit often in my work. Um, just, um, yeah, just like, uh, I think my, my friendships with, with other women have been, uh, very important to me throughout my life, especially in my adult life. I'm, but I mean, you know, in my childhood too. Um, so I don't, that's just, a that's just a theme that I like to, um, visit a lot, uh, and are like these comics specifically based on like real friendships and like real moments? Um, I mean, they're not like literal, like situation. They're not like literal things that have happened. They're just kind of like, you know, fictionalized versions of like experiences. It's interesting that you say that because they like, they feel so real, um, but you're saying like, they're not, they're not literal moments, but it's, it's almost like you've captured like a feeling. Um, it's, it's quite like hard to describe how often I like found myself or friends in this book. Um, so in terms of like, if you have kind of captured moments from like, you know, real events, have your friends ever like kind of recognized a moment or like a conversation and like, you know, it's kind of found its way to your work? Um, I don't know, I guess we could consult the chat because I see a couple <laughs> of my friends in here. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean, um, I don't know, I, I, not that I know of. Um, I try to, you know, be, I try not to be like specific, you know, I just like to capture like, you know, I think a lot of people are familiar with, you know, the feeling of going out with your friend to a, a bar and just, you know, having a good time. So I think that that's like, you know, kind of a relatable experience that mm -hmm. people have, so. 
Um, I kind of wondering based off of that, I'm going to go a little like off script here, but like, um, have you ever found yourself drawing someone accidentally like that looks like your friend or looks like someone you know and you had to kind of change it or anything like that? Yeah, I think I'm guilty of that. I think I'm like, if because because I don't want to do that, you know, like especially if I'm not like making a comic about a thing that ha like you know I don't want to do a depiction of anyone in particular. So <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I try to like you know avoid that, I guess. Oh gosh, yeah. I I mean, I've had a couple moments where I've like accidentally drawn someone and it was like, I didn't realize how much of, I really liked someone's outfit one day and it somehow like yeah. made its way to like a design. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I definitely have, yeah, done that and not been happy about it, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's kind of move on to then um, the sexual relationships. Um, if you're saying that the friendship parts aren't like literally taken from from your real life, I assume that's kind of the same for the sexual like kind of comics in here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I'll take a sip of my wine for this question. <laughs> I'll join you. Cheers. <laughs> mm -mm -mm. Mm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I have a very vivid imagination. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say that kind of goes for you know all of the all of the themes in the book, um, including the the sex ones. So, do you um, can they like um, kind of pivot from there for a moment? Um, so I read uh, this book obviously multiple times to prepare for this. And one of the times was in a coffee shop. And I felt like I had to keep looking over my shoulder to be like, I'm like reading erotica here. Like it's like, there's so much like, <laughs> there's so much like nudity in the book. And I was kind of wondering from that, if like, if you've ever been drawing in like public spaces or if you've ever felt, um, you know, kind of, awkward about like the doing that kind of artwork if you're not alone in your office because it is such an intimate thing um yeah i have drawn um some of the you know the body ones um or the sexual ones in coffee shops and um i think yeah like there have been moments when I I get self-conscious, but I, I feel like sometimes when I'm just like so in it, it's like I'm not really paying attention to like who's looking or, you know, like, I don't know. But I have had those moments where I, I'm like, oh, I wonder what people think of me. But <laughs> I, I didn't even realize, cause I, I like, your Instagram has always been so impressive to me. And I didn't realize what a different experience it would be reading it um, with all the themes kind of brought together, like in the format that sexual, like, uh, you know, the sex chapter would be on its own. It's really fascinating how differently it does read from the Instagram. Um, but the other like, and last relationship that's in there is 
a relationship with um, the self. Uh, every character um, has a relationship with themselves that is expressed both through a caption and um, also through their expressions. And I was wondering if, if again, if, if it isn't always a moment literally mined from friendship or mined from sexual encounters, I'm guessing this is the one that is probably most mined from your own life is relationships with yourself. So I was wondering if you could talk more about that theme from the book. Um, Hmm. Trying to think of like specific. Um... There's this one I love when it just says, um, "When you're not here to impress anyone," um, and it's it's just this beautiful image of just like that expression is just perfect um, and says so much about again this character's relationship with themselves. Uh, thank you. Um, I think, yeah, like, I think that's a good one, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, when I do ones like that, I, I feel like, um, you know, I think everyone has those days where they're just like, they don't want to be looked at or perceived or you know and you know but we have to do all these things all day like we have to perform at our jobs and you know we have to pretend like we're happy when we're not and like you know there's just we have to perform like so much of the time and it can be really exhausting um and so um yeah I mean that's I felt like that was kind of a relatable feeling when you just like don't you, know, you don't have it in in you to perform or impress anyone. So, oh, that's like it's kind of interesting because that like kind of brings me to my next question about like there's um, there's so much humor in your work. Um, everything is almost everything is um, if not haha funny. It's just like a. Hmm like, you know, a moment you kind of recognize and is super relatable. Um, but in those moments, like you kind of said how the real realism of like how everyone doesn't always want to be seen, those kind of off days, uh, does it ever feel like the jokes suffer um, in order to capture realism? Or does it ever feel like you're trapped in trying to make something funny because, hey, it is a series of kind of funny comics um like how how is your relationship with jokes and realism and this kind of format and presenting your art this way um I think that like my I think humor is like kind of how I've been dealing with like every experience in in my life since I was like a kid like that's um I think sometimes like those even like the funny ones often come from like a place of like sadness or like pain um and I think that yeah humor is just kind of how I approach things in life in general and I think 
sometimes that can be inappropriate, you know, in some situations, if it's like the situation doesn't call for a joke, it needs to be like a serious discussion and, and I put a joke in there that doesn't, that shouldn't be there. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that there are times like when I want to, you know, make it, I want to write something like serious or thoughtful and, and then I'm like, and then I go to like the, the funny place, but what if it was like, you know, <laughs> like, what if I made it funny though? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just have a tendency to lean into, into like making a joke out of things and. I, I agree with that take. I, I think um, the most human thing we do is is make light of uh, dark situations. I mean, kind of like, I, I feel like if you, I'm the person who makes, makes a joke at a funeral because that is how I, I process um, yeah. sad moments. Um, and I, I agree with kind of like this idea that there's funny baked into sad. Um, and if anything, gives it this even more realistic tone, um, but also presents like a really interesting um, view or point of view from each of your characters because, uh, you know, I turn the page and it feels like each character has such a specific point of view on life, um, which I don't know if I'm just projecting onto just how different each character looks and how different they seem in this world, um, but how, like, I love how they all kind of feel so realistic and feel like someone I know, but I can never quite put my finger on it. Um, there's just something really lovely baked into with the humor and the darkness. Um, and I did want to also add that like, there's this really interesting, um, just not interesting. There's this really um, lovely, like, like a body inclusivity you have throughout like your work um, where you turn to every different page and there's just people of like completely different shapes and sizes. And you're really great at um, uh, just bringing in like very realistic body shapes, which I think is the other reason it felt um, when I was reading it in a coffee shop that I was doing something almost like I, I shouldn't be doing because it felt so <laughs> realistic. I, I don't know how else to explain it, but like, I remember I once saw like um, you know, there's like, I think it was like Dove or something had like, had like real women on their like billboards for a while. And I remember the first time I saw one of those, I was like, huh, those ladies are naked. And I had never thought about that when it was super skinny models, because I had just completely like, um, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, I had gotten so used to that. I'd gotten so accustomed yeah. to it. And so I felt it a lot more when, when I have something like your book and the, the bodies are beautiful like the way the shapes you kind of craft out of like these just beautiful curvy bodies is just something I adore and I'm kind of wondering have you always drawn that way is that something you came to it's it's a very specific style to you um yeah I um I think when I first started drawing the body specific cartoons it was um Not, like not only a way to just like study anatomy, but also, or, you know, interpret anatomy in my own like visual language, but just um, also to like have more acceptance for of myself um, because 
because I did use, you know, I would like observe my own body as reference for a lot of these and like, um, and I've, I've struggled with body image issues my whole life as many, many people have. Um, and so I think like, you know, drawing them the way I saw them and, and not in a, not, not paint them in like a negative way was like really important. And just like, you know, being, you know, like, oh yeah, this is, this is what that looks like. This is what that part of my body looks like. And, um, actually right. it actually is really great and beautiful and, um, like, why, like, why don't we like show that more, or, you know, like, why isn't that, you know, why don't these parts of the body get drawn more or, you know, I guess that was like the, the continual question is like, you know, why don't, like, I never see this in a drawing. Like why, like, why isn't anyone doing that? So I guess mm -hmm. it was like a bit of frustration too that, that I wasn't seeing that. So I wanted to call attention to it, I guess. I, I love it. I, I, in your work, I feel so, um, like I feel so seen. Um, it's, it's like a little bit scary because it's like, I, I know those like shapes. I've seen those shapes on myself um, mm -hmm. and you draw them so, um, with so much care uh, that they just seem delicious on the page and it kind of I feel like even as a reader makes you fall in love with your own curvy body so I really appreciate how you draw bodies and in that in talking about how you draw I kind of wanted to move over to process because um, one of the you know flagstone uh, you know uh, processes that you have is that you work on post-it notes and you do not shy away from showing that you work on post-it notes because the entire book is these high-res scans, not hiding that. Uh, so how did you kind of come to this format and like, why post-it notes? Um, yeah, so like somebody, um, I did a talk in, uh, in New York a couple of years back with Pictoplasma and um, one of the organizers had actually brought this up to me and I hadn't thought about it before, but he was like, um, he was like, you know, your, it seems like your process was like, kind of came out of, or, or your materials that you use specifically came out of this, um, your environment and meaning that like, you know, I work in a, in an animation studio for 40 hours a week and, you know, I'm in, I'm in a, an office with like these office supplies and like, they're just there, they're readily available and like, it's like such a small surface area to cover that you can do something like really quickly, you know? Um, you can just do like a nice little drawing. And like, I'm not, you know, I'm not the, like the first person to like draw on post-its. A lot of animation people draw on post-its. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't really like being intentional about that as my material, um, it was just something that I, that just, it was there. It was like, you know, accessible. And so, and also like, I didn't have to pay for it either. You know, <laughs> for you. 
So, the real um, answer. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, art materials are expensive. So, um, yeah, that was like, I, it wasn't intentional at first, but then, but then I was intentional about it because I was like, oh, I, I actually like, like working on this surface. And I also like working on, you know, um, you know, you're not working with a white background, uh, which is interesting too, because that, that changes the colors and, you know, working on this like muted yellow um, surface, I just thought it was interesting. And I, I like the way the, the markers take to the surface. It's, um, and also it just feels like, um, I get like anxiety working in uh, like, if I buy like a pad of paper, that's like really expensive and, you know, made for like a beautiful finished piece, I'm always going to screw it up. <laughs> you know, like, it's, <laughs> I just feel like I'm always going to mess it up. Um, so I think like working on the post-its and having it like not be this, it doesn't, it, it makes me take it less seriously, but not, not in terms of like the content, just, you know, it, it gives me less anxiety when I work that way. I, um, I agree with you that a lot of people in animation work on post-it notes. Um, again, kind of for the same reason, there's like a lot less pressure with this kind of, you know, cheap um, material. Mm -hmm. um, but there's such a um, choice in that you have, most people in animation, I would say, kind of rough stuff out, but very few people make that their final look. Um, and you've so intentionally chosen to make that post-it um, format your kind of signature. Um, and I noticed that especially in um, when you correct your own post-it notes by layering on even more post-it notes. And uh, I just find it really fascinating because it's this, you know, like you kind of said, this, this cheap kind of way of making art but it is also so valuable that you have chosen to correct your own artwork rather than like start again or start fresh. So I'm kind of wondering, um, you know, how do you, first of all, work in correcting your, like how, how does it work? Like, what do you find that needs to be corrected? Why do you ever actually change anything? What do you find yourself mostly changing? Um, but also how, you know, how did you come to that choice that I'm going to, the finished piece is going to have layered post-it notes rather than restarting the post-it note with the corrections. Yeah. Um, so the, that process of like layering, you know, like little torn pieces on top, that wasn't intentional either. That was just like, um, um, cause I don't know, I guess I never really, had intended for these to be like beautifully thought out, planned, planned ahead um, pieces. Like they, um, I think like there's a, when you just like go straight ahead and I would, I wouldn't, I would not pencil these first either. I would just go straight to ink. Some of them, wow. some of them I would sketch, like if, if there was a part that I felt like I was going to screw up that I didn't want to, then I would, then I would pencil it in. But most, for the most part, um, I would just ink it. Um, cause I, I don't, 
there's like something that gets lost in the process of like sketching and planning and then and then going over it again with ink there's like this kind of there's like a truth to the sketch that that is not there when you plan and i like that there's just i don't know it has like this improvisational feel to it and i i just really like that and um I've never been able to achieve that by sketching first and then inking it by, you know, using a light table or something like that, you know? So was it again that you're trying to um, speak to the truth of the sketch that you would, if you had to correct one, that you wouldn't um, trace, I guess, or restart? Like if there was a mistake, it's kind of worth going and correcting? Yeah, because there, there might be a part of the drawing that I really like that I don't want to lose and that would get lost if I started over. So I didn't want to, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to, there were, there were a few that I, that I have like multiple drawings of where I'm like, oh, that like I did the full thing and then I was like, well, maybe I could do it better. And so I would, um, I would draw the whole thing over again. But um, like most of the time I did that, it would, I would almost always end up going with the first one that I drew and I would like sometimes I would like put it away for several days or like even uh, weeks or months and then I would come back to it and think oh yeah like the first one was definitely the superior drawing <laughs> oh wow yeah <laughs> um so I like think you are so good at capturing you know expressions and certainly like you there's such a truth to your drawing style and how you I truly would have had no idea that these are first time drawings I, I thought that they were penciled and or that you were doing them multiple times to really capture um, these expressions so perfectly so it's really surprising to me to learn that some of these are like first times um, it's quite infuriating to know that you're that talented um, but the other part of um, your work um, the other component of your style is the perfect captions to these drawings and so I'm kind of wondering like um, like what's the process does the does the caption come first um, is it like you get a really great expression and you get to like think of a caption that really suits it like how much does it get edited uh, just kind of walk me through the captions um so for me I I almost never with the exception of like a few times, I almost never write a caption first. It always comes during, like as I'm drawing. Cause for me, like the, the, I don't really think with words, like that's not something that, my brain doesn't work like that. Like visuals just make more sense to me. And that, to me, it feels like my drawings, my drawing is the writing. And those two things are like so intertwined with each other that I can't, I can't do one without the other. So I feel like the, um, the, the writing, the words come with the drawing as I do it. And I almost always have to start drawing in order to get there. Like I can't, um, it's really hard for me to do it the other way around. Although I have done it mm -hmm. on occasion where I write a caption first. And then with 
with like the captions themselves, like the, um, I try as a rule, I try to um, be, use words as sparingly as possible. So like, and I feel like that kind of reflects how I approach like my line work too. You know, I try to be very simple with it. And the goal is to always like show as little visual information as possible and still get the feeling or the point across. Um, so, and I, that's kind of how I approach it with words too. Like I, I want it to be, sometimes I feel like they, they get too wordy. I try to like take out as many words as possible until I just get it to the, like, like the, the, the essence of what I'm trying to say. So, um, yeah. I, I love the right. specificity. I, uh, I truly like, I adore it. I, there are times where, um, like some of them are really sparing in, in the caption. And then sometimes I feel like you, you go the complete opposite and it's, it's like really nicely wordy in that it makes it even more specific. Um, and I, I like really like the choices you make. So I'm kind of wondering in, in that process that like the captions appear as you're, as you're drawing, um, for the average comic, are there like, is there just one version of the caption or by the end of the night, do you have like 10 versions of that caption kind of, please tell me that you don't get it right on the first time with the caption, just like the drawing. Cause I can't take <laughs> that. <laughs> um, man, I think Hmm. Like, I don't, um, man, <laughs> I don't know, like, I'm not, like, writing down the caption. I'm not, like, physically writing them down. Sometimes I do do that, though. Sometimes I will, just so I can, and then, like, I have to look at it first to see, like, okay, is that, is that, like, too many, does this visually look like too many words to me? Like, <clears throat> sometimes I'll do it that way. Um, but I don't know, set, like the caption process is like, there's a lot of refining that happens and it'll take me like hour, like it takes me longer to write the captions than it does to do the drawings a lot. Um, not always, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think. I think I kind of know like what, well, I don't know. I don't want to, it's not, cause it's not always the same for everyone. Like so, there are some times when I really struggle with the caption and then like in the wording and I don't know, it's, it depends. I kind of like what you said there though, about like the difference in timing with like that you can sometimes get the, the image out faster than you can the caption. Cause that speaks so truly to, um, that a picture is worth a thousand words, like that you can capture something so much faster in, in a look and an expression and then finding the right words to have to like set it in stone for what it really means is, is so meticulous that it, it makes sense to me what you're saying that it, it can just take longer. 
uh, and on that, I'm kind of wondering in having to take this Instagram series and and collect it all together, were there any captions that like changed from their Instagram versions to the final book versions? Yes. <laughs> really? Do you, would yes, you know sir. like how many or? Um, not a lot. I didn't, I tried to do that as little as possible, but I did feel like there were some where the wording could have been like tightened up a little bit or also like some some of them I did edit like and gave a different uh narrative <laughs> which I wasn't planning to do but um I did do that with a couple of them because I thought like and and I wanted to like try to remain as true as I could to like you know the, so, some of these were like written five years ago and I feel like oh you know that's not what I how I think now or I could have written something different and so there were there were like a small handful that I did do that with but I tried not to do it too much because I did want to like have have it be you know kind of like this you know even if it's not necessarily reflective of what I would write now like you know I still wanted it to I don't know, it's like a, like a time stamp, like a time capsule, of, you know, like my, mm. my older self. <laughs> I, I mean, your Instagram version is, um, I mean, a proof of concept, like everyone loved that caption. So it's also like, hey, it, it worked, um, you know, kind of why, why change it now? It, obviously, so yeah. many people did relate to it. I mean, yeah, there were, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, there were some that I thought were good that I didn't want to mess with, but just just thought that the wording could be tightened up a little bit, you know, just, just consolidated just a little bit. And, and also I learned after looking through them that, um, you know, th there's like a, sometimes I felt like some of them were even unnecessary, like, you know, like, or they kind of, like, the words sometimes took away from, like, what the, what the image is saying by itself already. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I did, I did edit a little bit, but I tried not to do it too much. Um, <laughs> I think that's noble. I also think it, like, makes me want to like go back and like like fact check each one so <laughs> so i can see what like you know a, a different version would have said um <laughs> it's also kind of like this this uh, new yorker cartoon kind of you know version where i want to cover the captions and kind of like answer you know what could the caption be um, from my own experience so i, I kind of like that you changed it with depending on past you versus present you. But I do want to talk more about Instagram because um, you had to collect all these and, you know, make this book. But, you know, let's kind of rewind and go back to the beginning. Like, how did you even kind of start making this series? Um, and the series specifically that I mean has, is post-it notes, is the just most on-point expressions I've like ever seen, and um, then has a really funny caption to kind of cherry on top, just like finish it off. How did you start that? Um, I think 
I think I just, I just wanted to do something like consistently. Like I, I just wanted to make work and be consistent about it. And so I think that part of it was just me saying like, okay, I'm going to sit down and like, I'm going to spend a minimum of like an hour at my desk and just draw and see what I can come up with. And then, you know, maybe it won't be perfect or, you know, you know, it'll, it won't be finished or perfect, but I'll have, I'll have something. Um, and, and also it was just a way to like, kind of process my experiences and, um, yeah, just um, like, I don't know, like journaling in a way, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. I don't, but I don't, I don't really do that because I don't, I'm not the kind of person who can just sit down and write words like endlessly. That feels unnatural to me. So, um, I think, I think like drawing and just making pictures is kind of how I process things. So, you definitely yeah. capture tone and feeling like really well in your work. Um, but in then having started the series all based in like, you want to start kind of having something consistently. Um, was there a point at which you knew like you're on Instagram and you're putting all of these up quite regularly. Is there a point at which you knew that you would want to make a book or that you could make a book? Um, Yeah, I think, uh, I think, I guess people, some people were telling me that I should make a book out of it. And I was like, eh, whatever it's, you know, I, I didn't really like think about it that much. And then I guess, I, I don't know. I, I guess I kind of did start thinking about that. Um, um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I thought, oh, well, like at, at some point I was just like, yeah, maybe, maybe I could do that actually. That, that might, maybe that would work. <laughs> I know. I seem, I was one of those like people telling you to make a book and it was very selfish on my part where I like, <laughs> I spend too much time on my phone already and I would love like a collection ready to go that I can just pick up at any point. So um Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have some audience questions that have been piling up in here, if you all are ready for that. Um, First, our first question is, uh, do you consider yourself introverted? And if yes, is cartooning and drawing a way to express yourself in a more comfortable way? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Short, the short answer is yes. I, I do consider myself very introverted. Um, and yes, drawing is an easy way to express myself. <laughs> I feel like the answer is already in that question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that's pretty like spot on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've never really been like super comfortable with speaking and um yeah. 
Yeah. And next, uh, do you have the desire to turn any of your drawings or your characters into toys? Um, hmm. I don't know. I guess it depends on, uh, I don't know. I, ha I hadn't really like given any thought to that, but you know, Maybe I can kind of imagine like an like some erotic sculptures if I'm if I'm <laughs> honest like I can like there's so many like you said earlier like the whole you know the the body aspect of it there's some really like beautiful curves that I think would lend themselves to to like 3D versions and I can just imagine you making like an erotic series so do that for me yeah I mean, well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to it I think I think they would look cool as um 3d objects i think that would be kind of cool yeah well and aminder kind of led us into our next question which is uh annabelle asked or said that she'd love to know more about how you developed your I, unique graphic style and how you came up with the idea for or how you come up with an idea for a comic and the second half of her question is, are you up for collaborations with sex positive concept stores? Wink, wink. Um, sending love from Mexico City. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, sorry, I'm just thinking of the, the first part yeah. of the question was about developing my, my style. Your graphic style and then uh, how, or how you come up with ideas for comics, or I guess maybe when that idea springs up, what do you do with it? Um, yeah, I, I guess the, the only thing I can say about like my style is that it didn't, it didn't happen overnight. It wasn't just something that I woke up one day and was like, oh, I'm going to draw like this now or something. It was, it just kind of happened through through like doing like repeating doing you know drawing repetitively and you know um um yeah being like just observing and um yeah i think i was like avoiding looking at other um other artists for influence, like I could, that was like something I wanted to avoid. I wanted to be like as authentic to myself as I could possibly be. Um, Can I ask a question based off of your style and just in between there, I'll get a question in. Um, you kind of have this intentional choice of not really using skin tones either in your color choices. Um, is that just something that's kind of always been your style or is that something specific to this series? Um, yeah, I, uh, I think I just, <laughs> Kitty. um, yeah, I just, uh, I just really wanted to play around with like, um, like really like saturated, um, like really saturated colors and just like see like what I could do with that like um 
I don't know that it was like intentional to not use skin tones. It was just like, I just wanted to use like other, like, you know, reds and yellows. And I just feel drawn to those colors. I definitely think like there's um, some where you've used um, like reds or purples and it's like something very sexual and it feels like um, you've captured the passion on like this, this whole other level, which uh, average skin tones probably just can't do, um, where like a magenta really hits the spot. Yeah, it's interesting that you picked up on that because I, I actually did use red a lot, not only because I like red, but just because I want, there were ones where I wanted to depict like anger or like a very strong emotion or like passion, like you said. Um, and I felt like red was like the, the color, you know, that I, that, to get that point across. So um, yeah, that's, yeah, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head when, with that. Um, um, <laughs> this is my analysis. <laughs> um no there was a there was another I, I kind of like inceptioned the question <laughs> and I forgot what the question what the second part was <laughs> um yeah I don't I don't know did I miss did I miss anything I don't know they can be angry <laughs> at me no 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 um and we still have some more so the next one is um do you consume a lot of comics as references for your work? Um, if so, could you name some great references or inspiration? Um, the short answer would be no, I don't actually consume. I, I do read comics um, as a source of inspiration. I feel like that's not really my go-to. Um, I feel like I pull inspiration more from like kind of just real life observation and um uh like I also take a lot from like uh actors who do like really physical comedy and who who do a lot of who do a lot of things with their faces and um like Kristen Wiig for example um you know, like, she's a good one. Like she, I'd say she's been a great influence on my work, um, just in the way that she uses her face. Um, I, I just think she's hysterical. And um, yeah, I, I would say that I, I pull a lot of inspiration from that type of thing. <laughs> Do you like avoid um, reading comics at all so that they don't influence your work or does it um, really happen? I mean, I, I, I don't want to say like I avoid it, but I would just say that I, I pull more inspiration from, from other forms of art as opposed to like comics, which sounds strange, but um, yeah, that's, I'd say that's kind of how. Where? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> that's a great period to that answer. Yeah. 
And then uh, we have a nice one uh, to end on here. Uh, do you have any advice for artists who are seeking to get their projects published? And is there anything you wish you knew before you pitched your books? Hmm. Um, wow. How do I answer this? Because I, I, publishing a book was like not something I ever thought I would do. Um, like it, it was like never a goal of mine that I set out to do. And also like, I, um, I just never thought of myself doing anything like this. And I, I'm still in a little bit of disbelief that I like, can't really process it that, that like I made a book. Cause it, I just never envisioned myself like doing that. Um, um, so do I have any advice? Um, I, just like, I guess it's kind of a general piece of advice. Just keep making your work, you know, um, and, and just keep doing it no matter what anyone says. Like, you know, if you get, if you get some rejections, like that doesn't matter. Just keep making it. If you, if it's important to you and you want to do it, just keep doing it. Um, it's yeah, it's not, you know, being published or not published is not a measure of your success or your worth. Um, if you want to do it, just, just keep doing it. Um, that's, that's the advice that I would give to anyone, you know, who's, who's an artist or, you know, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. <laughs> I kind of want to ask on top of that, then you said, keep doing it. Um, are you going to keep doing the series on Instagram or are you kind of pivoting into something else? Is this um, the end of an era? <laughs> <laughs> um, it might be the end of an era. I don't know. Um, I, I would say that like doing this format, this particular format of the post-its with the captions, is not really a format that I'm, that I feel compelled to do right now. Um, I would like to explore other ways to tell a story. Um, and that's kind of what I've been focusing on now. And I, it's also really important to me to make work that feels like, just like I'm being the most authentic I can possibly be. Um, and so I, um, so I, I'm, I'm like still making work right now, but I'm sharing it a lot less. Um, and I, that's not going to be forever, but it is kind of where I'm at currently. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not always going to be like, I, I'm feeling like very private and protective of, of my work and my process right now. Um, but I don't think that's like permanent. I think it's just kind of where I'm at right now. Um, and I think that like, you know, however, however it like manifests itself and, you know, like what I do next is going to be like, um, 
it'll it'll happen when the time is right. So no, I'm not doing the post-its right now. Um, but I may do something like even better and like more surprising than the post-its. <laughs> so um yeah, I think uh yeah, so I'm not doing the post-its now, but um I am still making work. So yeah. Oh, I'm excited for anything that you do. And I hope um, everyone who's here has ordered Impressed from that button down below and has gotten another copy for their friends and a third copy for just, you know, <laughs> leave about everybody. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> leave them around for people to pick up. And <laughs> on that note as well, uh, for any and everyone that you want to share this event with, uh, for anyone who couldn't make it or anyone that you know will love it, um, once we end the broadcast, the recording will be available for you to send and share and rewatch uh, at the same link. And as Amanda said, for anyone who doesn't have their copy of the book yet, you can press the shiny green button at the bottom of your screen uh, <laughs> to order your copy from Skylight Books. And thank you again so much to Miranda Takia and Amanda Dollywall for joining us this evening and for all of our guests who showed up from all over the place and uh, our very active chat, which just always makes things so much more fun. Um, thank you everyone for joining us. And if you're in LA, we hope to see you soon. And if not, we'll see you back again in the virtual plane very soon as well, hopefully. <laughs> thank you. Thank you everyone. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to the Skylight Books podcast series. Please don't forget to visit our website at skylightbooks.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more author talks and bookseller conversations. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Stay safe and healthy, and we hope to see you back in our store soon. <laughs>